Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. We got all the layers covered here on Cats and Cosby, the number one show. And joining us now, of course, is the leading constitutional lawyer, Harvard Law School Emeritus, uh, the best attorney, I think, out there, Alan Dershowitz, Professor Dershowitz. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, where do you think this is headed? Uh, does it look like there could be an indictment as early as maybe tomorrow? Yeah, before we get to that, I just want to tip my hat to Willis Reed. He gave me so much pleasure and service aggravation as a Celtics fan, uh, but he was such a great ball player. What a competitor. I'll never forget that game seven where he just limped around the court and won the game for them. And absolutely he just, just got, passed well, away. Absolutely. Those, absolutely. Okay. passed away in the last. Uh, and, and what happened to him? He was having uh, uh, some health problems. He couldn't walk yeah. right. Tell us uh, about yeah. Willis Reed. I, I I don't know. All I know is when he was at the top at the top of his game, he just dominated the court and and his heroic comeback in Game Seven. Uh, nobody can can forget that. It was an American story. And and, by, and just, by the way, Professor, just so people know who he is, of course, a former basketball player, coach, general manager, uh, his entire career at New York Knicks. So invaluable. And you yeah. got you got something Alan to say, is, Alan is George Pataki. I was at that seventh game at the Garden. Oh and and, and oh the Knicks God. were out there and everybody's wondering, oh, where is Willis? And then he limps out. Uh, and I've never heard as loud a, a roar in my life as I did that afternoon in, in the garden. It was just a, a memorable note. He was a great star at the Knicks and also a wonderful human being. And now, by the way, spe- and speaking of roars, uh, are we going to hear a roar from President Trump tomorrow? What do you think, Professor? Well, I think that uh, – and, and I, I would like you to ask Costello, who's a great lawyer, this question. I think Costello gave the prosecution an inadvertently a great gift – because I think he told Bragg and the prosecutors, you cannot use Cohen. He is a complete liar, perjurer. He'll say anything. He'll do anything. Costello proved that. Now, if Bragg has any brains, if the prosecution have any brains, they won't even allow Cohen near the courthouse. They will try to make the case through Pecker, through the financial guy, maybe even through uh, Stormy Daniels, but stay away from Cohen. As somebody who's had experience of 60 years in teaching and litigating these cases, you do not use a flawed witness like Cohen. And I think Costello put the last nail in Cohen's coffin as a potential witness. So that's what I think. Now, they may be stupid and they may do what so many other prosecutors have done, put on too many witnesses that happened in the OJ case. That happened in a case called John Landis, where I was one of the lawyers. You put on too big a case. You allow the other side to destroy it. Your credibility is ruined because the jury tends to identify a witness with whoever called them. So my advice to the prosecution is do not go near 
Cohen. My advice to the wait, wait, how about advice to the, the, the President Trump's lawyer? <laughs> okay, that's what I'm giving you now. My okay. advice to President Trump's lawyers: Do not put Trump on the witness stand because he'll be asked embarrassing, irrelevant questions, and he'll be tempted to tell his version of the truth, which the jury won't believe. Do not have Trump or the lawyer deny the affair with Stormy Daniels. The lawyer's already done that outside the court. That's okay. In the courtroom, do not let the jury hear a denial because they're not going to believe it. They're going to believe that there was an affair, whether there was or not. They're going to believe that. And cases of this kind are decided by credibility. Which side gets the trust of the jury? And when you put on a lying witness or you lie to the jury, you've lost the case. Professor, this is Craig Eaton. And I agree with you 100%. For them to be relying on Michael Cohen's testimony is a mistake. I mean, he's yeah. he's a felon. He went to prison. And now all of a sudden he's turning on Trump and he's their star witness. But you know what? They were talking last week about Trump being arrested today. And now yeah. all of a sudden Costello says what he has to say to the grand jury. And now it seems like they're kicking the can down the road a little bit. Maybe they're a little nervous about what's happening. It's possible. Also, Bragg doesn't want to have Trump's prediction come true. He yeah. said Tuesday, they're not going to do it Tuesday. Also, under New York law, the defense has the right to ask the grand jury to hear one of its witnesses. Look, I lay all this out. I make all these points in my new book called Get Trump, which I wrote a couple of months ago, but everything in it has come true. I predicted the indictment. I predicted that Cohen would be uh, considered to be a witness, and he'd be a terrible witness. And so I'm really, you know, happy with my ability to prognosticate these legal issues in my book, Get Trump. And if you want to protest this prosecution, which is outrageous, the worst abuse of prosecutorial discretion, I've seen in 60 years one way of protesting it is make my book a bestseller. Well, that well, will show brag. Only if you sign the books. And at least have some accountability here. Only if you sign the books, Professor Dershowitz. It's Richard Weinberg. So this is is the question. This is the question. So they've put together a grand jury. They've presented a grand jury. So what are the possible counts in the indictment? False filing? I thought it was a misdemeanor with a two-year statute of limitations. And how do they kick it up to a felony to get around that and make it a five-year statute of limitations? Well, here's the way their arguments go. They're going to say the statute of limitations was paused because Trump couldn't be served. They didn't know where he was. He was in the White House or he wasn't in New York. And the New York Court of Appeals has written a decision a couple of years ago saying he has to be essentially continuously in New York. Well, they're going to claim that because he was the president, because he went to Florida, he wasn't in New York. That's an absurd argument. That statute of limitations has clearly expired on the two-year misdemeanor. And as far as the five-year felony is concerned, it's a closer case But still, uh, what happened with Stormy Daniels happened six, seven years ago. So that's going to be hard to get around. Second, they're going to have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the reason that he said legal expenses instead of telling the truth. Can you imagine anybody writing a record in a corporate company saying, oh, yeah, I paid the hush money to a porn star to avoid anybody knowing that I committed adultery with my wife. Has anybody ever done that? Of course not. And so they decided to keep the hush hush. And they use the term legal expenses, which is nothing anybody would ever prosecute. Even if it was a misdemeanor, how do you elevate that to a felony? The reason he allegedly did it, if he did it, 
nothing to do with campaign contributions. It has to do with preventing his wife from learning about this and his family and his business associates. It's not a campaign contribution. So they're they're making it up. Look, they've labored for months and months and months, and the labor produced a mouse. A mouse's name is Mickey. This is a Mickey Mouse prosecution, yeah. and it's the mm-hmm. worst example of prosecutorial abuse I've seen in my 60 years of practicing law. It's a scandal. Professor, this is Craig Eaton again. You know, this is political prosecution and persecution, and it's it's weaponization, just like they did with the DOJ. It's weaponization of DOJ local law enforcement to effectively affect the outcome of the 2024 election. That's what this is all about. There's no question about that. And there's no question that people are beginning to realize it. Even yeah. Maggie Haberman, who's a great reporter for the New York times and reports everything negative possible about Donald Trump this morning on television said, well, it's a little exotic. This theory don't know whether it really holds up. There are many Democrats and some civil libertarians, not enough, who are saying we hate Trump, we don't want him to be reelected, but this goes too far. And this could rebound on the Democrats. This could strengthen Trump. I can just imagine Trump going and getting a mugshot, and that becomes his campaign poster. Professor, this is George Pataki. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's just an absurd uh, prosecution, and I think it's going to end up helping Trump uh, if, in fact, it happens. Now, I haven't read your book. Forgive me. Uh, but uh, what does concern me, not so much this case, because it's so blatantly a political prosecution with no justification, is the Georgia case. And I don't know if you wrote about that in your book. I did. Uh, I, I yeah, I'd be curious as to your take on that, because that seems okay. to me to be more directed at uh, an actual event that has some credibility to it. I agree with that. But he used the words, if they have only the one tape, he said, I have to find, find 13,000 votes. Now, find has a dictionary definition. It means it's there, it's been lost, and now you have to search for it and find it. He didn't use the term manufacture, concoct, make up, invent. And so they're going to have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he communicated to the Secretary of State to make up votes. And I don't think the evidence is there to support it. The legal theory is there to support it. But I don't think the evidence is there. When you have an ambiguous word, a word like fine, where the dictionary definition helps Trump, I just don't think you'll get a prosecution. I think the strongest case against Trump is the classified material case. And he's going to win that not legally, not on the facts, not on the law, but on politics, because I think the Justice Department is going to say, look, how would we look if we prosecuted Trump for this and didn't go after Biden and didn't go after Pence and didn't go after uh, Hillary Clinton when she was uh, in possession of classified material. So so I think they're going to go 0 for 4. They're not going to get the January 6th case because he made a constitutionally protected speech. He said he wanted them to go to the Capitol and protest peacefully and patriotically. So there's a lot of smoke. There's maybe some arson, but I don't think there's a legitimate fire there. Last question before we go to a break, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. So, so, Alan, what concerns me is the politicalization of the process, the weaponization right. by prosecutors. And Justice Robert Jackson, when he was Attorney General of the United States, in a speech before the Justice Department lawyers, warned that that would be the death knell of democracy by the abuse of that authority, by picking a man out and then trying to find a crime to take him down when he's your political enemy. What say you? Look, I, first of all, Jackson was the greatest Attorney General in our history and one of the top ten Supreme Court justices in our history. And, of course, he was the prosecutor at Nuremberg. He had it 100 percent right. 
He said any prosecutor can rummage through the books, find a technicality. He knew that because he was familiar with the Soviet Union. And he saw what Beria said to Stalin, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. We can't become that country. We can't become that banana republic. That's why I wrote my book. And I wrote the book because I want to warn the American public that today it's Trump, tomorrow it's a Democrat, and the day after tomorrow it's your Uncle Charlie or your grandson or your niece. And so we, all of us, Democrat or Republican, I'm a Democrat, have a stake in making sure that Bragg pays consequences for bringing this abusive prosecution. And uh, Professor Dershowitz, I have one quick process question that everybody's wondering. What's going to happen is if this happens and if it does go forward with Bragg, with this indictment against Trump, could it be virtual if it's not virtual? How does that work with Secret Service? If Secret Service doesn't want to hand him over, uh, what do we do? I mean, is there going to be like a, a battle between Secret Service? Well, Secret Service has said no, they may not that. want to be able to not hand him over because it creates safety to the president of the United States, a former president. Yeah, well, they'll be with him. The indictment will not involve his in- involvement at all. But the arraignment will, and then the Secret Service can walk with him into the courthouse. He will not be denied bail, even though some idiots on the hard left are saying he must be denied bail because he's going to foment the riot, so he has to be put in Rikers. That's not going to happen. If it were to happen, it would create a major (laughs) constitutional crisis. What do you do with the Secret Service? There is a federal statute that says Secret Service must protect the former president. And under the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution... A federal rule preempts any state prosecution. So I don't think we're going to see that. But if we did, the feds win on this one. Well, the, Alan Dershowitz, wow. thank you. <laughs> that, that was a super that's, wow. Uh, that's a, a super, super wow. wow. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. And in uh, one of these days, we'll have you in the studio. Well, I'm coming to New York after April 1st. And I'm going to bring April to the studio if you invite me. And I'm going to bring my book. You're invited. Enough copies for everybody on your show signed. Okay? Is that a deal? That's a deal. Appropriately titled, too, by the way, given the news. (laughs) Well, you know where I got the title from? I got the title from Letitia James's campaign. She campaigned on the promise, I will, quote, get Trump. So I didn't make it up. I get no credit. Letitia (laughs) James gets the credit for inventing the title, Get Trump. Well, we look forward to seeing you in New York, Professor. Let's let's take a break. And when we come back, we have a guy that's been around politics for a long time. We had Ed Rollins, and uh, we look forward to talking to him. Let's have a break first. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. 